0: we, we like, we went through a few people and we were like, we're going to get the best people in here, you know? And we, we treat our onshore resources like that too. Like we, we have three types of players, A players, B players, and C players. And C players means, you know, after 30 days, you're not going to be here anymore. B player is you're good, but you got to get to an A and A player is like, you're awesome. You know, like that's, that's in a nutshell, what our company philosophy is.
1: All right guys, welcome again to another amazing episode. Today we have Frank Scappatici. Uh, Frank has a company, uh, Gray Line Investments. Uh, so they, they started this pretty recently, but it's a little bit from our traditional guests. Uh, they focus more on wholesaling uh, residential property. However, what we're gonna talk about here is processes, systems, and how to target uh, sellers because that's translatable to multifamily to any kind of real estate investing that you're doing. How do you get out there and find those motivated sellers, right? So let's talk a little bit about about this, frank. Let's go into first tell us your story, you know a little bit about you 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 told us briefly, you started as a side hustle and they got fun and then they got real into a real business. so let's go with that real quick,
0: yeah, yeah. so um. Thanks for having me on. First off, but uh, yeah, this company started in late February, early March this year. And uh, I work at J.P. Morgan, which I'm about to leave my job. By the time this broadcast, I'll probably be out. Um, but uh, you know, it's like me and a couple of buddies, John Plumstead, Justin Key, started this company, and we um, we're like, hey, COVID has cut our commuting times down. We got a little bit of extra time, like an extra hour a day, because I commute to the city in New York. I don't have to do it anymore. We're like, hey, let's, we, we all own real estate assets now. Let's start investing in the side hustle. Like let's either buy more homes for ourselves or maybe wholesale them and wheel and deal a little bit. We had no clue what we were doing, you know, but we were work, We were eager to do it and we were excited. Um, we started just doing all the work ourselves, obviously. You know, so we, we started paying for lists in PropStream, which is a really common tool that wholesalers use to get lists for motivated sellers. Um, we started targeting out-of-state landlords. That was our list. We are like, hey, people that own rentals that haven't seen them in 10 years, you know, maybe they're a motivated seller. That's how we started. And we targeted um, military bases because I'm a veteran. Our entire team is vets. Um, So we know that there's a surplus of single family rentals in those areas. We're like, hey, let's just try it out. Not a lot of people are doing this, to be honest. Um, And we just started texting and calling all these homeowners, just straight, all hustle, you know, like all manual labor, right? And The first 45 days went by and we we closed like four or five deals, you know, and we had no experience. And we're like, okay, this is easy, you know. (laughs) Like and this is when? This was from late February to like the end of March. So this year. Early April. Yeah, somewhere around. Oh wow. (laughs) This This is crazy. So like yeah, it happened super fast. So we um we do that. And then we're like, oh, wow, like we're amazing. You know, we, we think we're way better than we are. Like, to be honest, like we probably got lucky to a certain extent. Um, but then we started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel, which is like, quit your full-time job, you know, have a little bit of control over your schedule. All the things that all the gurus say are going to happen if you're great at investing in real estate, we, we were like, oh, we can do it, you know, and I, we still can, right? We're doing well, but it's hard. But anyway, um, then we're like, okay, we're going to scale. We hired a couple of virtual assistants. Um, Now we use Rocket Station, which is a great virtual assistant company. Um, And we had them doing the first reach outs to sellers, right? So they would look at the list that we would pull from PropStream, like I mentioned before, could be out-of-state landlords, could be probate, could be all these lists that people use to find motivated sellers um, in the single family home game. They would pull the lists, text them, do the initial reach outs for us. And then, you know, they would send them to us and we would call them. So we started then having qualified Sellers, right? Like there was some level of qualification. They would ask them things like, Are you interested in selling your home? Are you interested in selling at 70% of the Zillow or the Zestimate? You know, like stuff like that. So by the time they got to us, we had some, some expectation that they're willing to depart from their home at a discount, right? So we did that. Um, and then then we just started spending a lot more money on marketing. Then we were spending more money on lists, we expanded it to a bunch of different cities. Um, now we're in 12, excuse me, 13, because we just went into Pensacola um, last week, in Florida. And um, now we're pulling in, you know, last month, we started the month of 30 homes under contract. So it's been like a wild year, man. Like we started from wow. scratch, you know, and now, yeah. you know, now we're we're getting a lot of homes under contract. I think now the goal is to increase conversion. Because um, like any wholesaler, I don't know if you, get, you guys have covered this before, but Most wholesalers don't close every single deal they put under contract. You know, like I don't know if that's a dirty secret or not, but you know, we we might put 30 homes under contract and close 20. You know, and Mm -hmm. uh, right now I want to get our conversion rate up or our contract to close rate up. I think that's we're kind of shifting focus in our business. We're getting good at finding deals. Now we got to get better at increasing the percentage of the ones we close or buy ourselves because we do do something. So, let me let
2: me ask you this. I'm curious, Oscar. Let me sorry, man. You you yeah, usually right. go, but I'm I'm curious yeah. to know, um, because we always talk about you know the uh, the virtual assistants and the and the call callers as a you know to make it systematically. But how? Okay, so instead of focusing on how you vet those guys, right? Is how do you train them to do exactly
0: what you want? So talent, just like any. Any hiring practice is the most important thing, and what I found in virtual assistant companies, when you first start going to them, at least in our experience, they are they're going to staff you with who's like on the bench, like who's not working, right? And sometimes who's not working is sometimes not the best person they have available. You know, I think there's some in, it's like consulting and financial services, like there's an incentive to get your people that are not mode, you know, not not as active like off the bench and start having billable hours. So I think what we did, to be quite honest with you, is we, we like, we went through a few people and we were like, we're gonna get the best people in here. You know, and we we treat our onshore resources like that too. Like we we have three types of players, A players, B players, and C players. And C players means, you know, after 30 days, you're not gonna be here anymore. B player is you're good, but you got to get to an A. And A player is like, you're awesome. You know, like that's that's in a nutshell what our company philosophy is. Um, so we, we luckily got two right off the bat that were fantastic. Um, and then we had one that we switched out after about two to three weeks. Um, so one is like, get awesome people. It doesn't matter if they're virtual assistants or they're on shore, whatever, like you have to have good people. Um, the second thing is like, you have to have scripts. Like, like we, we um, joined a, uh, a mastermind slash education group called the Eighty Twenty Academy. And in that group, they have people come in, they they give you advice on how to put scripts together for your virtual systems, how to build your processes out, how to like store all that stuff on your Google Drive and have them consume it and digest it. And honestly, we kind of just like copied and pasted <laughs> their course yeah. and, and just did what they said. You know, like they gave us like 80% of the solution. We just curtailed it to our client base. Um, and, uh, you know, because we're in military markets, most of our client base is like, veterans that have owned the home for 20 years and they just kind of want to get rid of it. Maybe they had a bad tenant, the home's in disrepair. So we were like, oh, maybe we adjust our scripts to match that persona because that's most of the time who we were dealing with, at least when we started. But other than that, man, like, I guess the advice is like, find someone who knows more than you do, even if you have to pay for their advice and just do what they do. it. Do yeah. Right? yeah. We, what we did.
1: Yeah. And what, what was the company that you used? You mentioned the company that they, they were great. Oh, Rocket Station.
0: Rocket station.
1: Okay. That's good to know. Okay. And they, they focus on real estate.
0: They do. They do. I think they do a little bit more than real estate, but from what I can tell, like, it seems like 80% of their clients are real estate investors.
2: Okay. And, and these are guys, the, the, the call callers or the virtual assistants, are they based in the U S or overseas?
0: In our case, they're uh, based in the Philippines. Um, But uh, I mean, they, they do everything for us from cold calling to texting. We use texting as a marketing tool, the cold text. Um, one of the virtual assistants is actually turning into like our chief of staff. So she actually like when we it's get awesome. something with a contract, she actually like kind of follows it through um, and makes sure it's like clearing title, like all the walkthroughs are booked. So she's actually handing like all the, what I would look at as like the middle office um, yeah. business, you know, the front office- Operations, of yeah. And she's doing all the middle office coordination, and uh, you know most people. That's I wouldn't know if that's a. I don't think that's a COO role necessarily, but she's kind of like close to that. I don't know, so I'm calling her. It's chief like assistant. an executive
1: assistant, which is a virtual assistant.
0: Yeah, that, yeah, that's an, that's that, another. That's kind of what we're we working on right now.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because the idea would be that assistant is managing some higher level, maybe some lower level VAs or some lower level systems. That's pretty cool, man. That's exciting. So let me ask you for your, you know, your, your deal flow, because that's important for any, any, real estate um, strategy is, you know, you mentioned, okay, they, they cold call are you loading, you know, your list into a special CRM so that they call it like, are you using Zen call are you using something special for that?
0: Yeah, we're using um for text we use Lead Sherpa. That's been our number one lead generating tool. Most people think like text is dead, but for whatever reason it's working for us, so we use text and we use Lead Sherpa for that. We use CallRail um to manage our phone calls and uh Mojo Dialer which allows you to essentially make um when you're cold calling it it basically places three phone calls at the same time and whoever picks up first that's the one um that you talk to. It's a productivity tool. We yeah. use that. Um, and you know, we do other stuff too. We, we had pay-per-click going for a little while. I think that's something we can improve on. I don't think we're the best pay-per-click company yet. Just for whatever reason, we, we just have a little bit to learn there maybe because we're young. Um, and then, uh, we were doing bandit signs, which is like, you know, the signs in the street, like we buy houses, but after we, we, we kind of have turned into like, now that we're in 13 cities, we're kind of national and we're like, yo, we can't scale like this. So like, so anything (laughs) that like a hyper-local strategy that like, someone who like operates in that particular market would be good at we've gotten away from we just we're never going to be the best at the world at like um driving for dollars or putting bandit signs in the ground we're just not going to be good at it some high level marketing
1: yeah are you um how are you delegating or running operations in different cities do you have a specific person doing that or or you know are you just teaming up with the local uh hotshot wholesaler
0: yeah, so we before we go into a market, um, we there is a little bit of work we have to do to prepare. Um, so we do want to have relationships with agents. So we'll actually pull a list if we don't know someone there already, which we might. But if we don't, we'll actually pull a list of agents. Um, and we'll just pull that data in Excel sheet, you know, CSV, whatever. And we'll we'll actually like list voicemail, cold text, and cold call them. And we'll tr- and we'll sort that list by how many deals they've done. You know, like how active they are Um, because we want to deal with agents that have worked with investors or cash buyers before So we'll try to reach out to them and forge relationships. And we tell them like, hey, if we put a home and our list price as a wholesaler is hundred grand, you find a buyer that is willing to pay hundred five, like that five grand is yours, you know, like that's up to you. And then if if maybe if we misprice a deal, maybe we negotiate with them a little bit, like, hey, maybe we messed up, you know, maybe you could take two grand of our fee or whatever, whatever makes sense. You know, we try to be fair. Um, so that we, we just keep them motivated. I mean, honestly, with financial compensation, because I think that's agents are busy. They, they I think they need that to, to do the work. Yeah. For you. And then, um, when we buy homes, cause we do a couple of flips, I got a one I'm closing on in North Carolina soon. Um, we'll have the agents like run the CMA, all the comps, the comparables for us. And, uh, then we'll just tell them like, Hey, we're going to, we're going to list this with you, you know, thank you for your help with all this stuff. And they'll help us monitor the rehab as well.
1: That's sweet. You're leveraging other people's time. So that's perfect. Yeah. remember what you got?
2: Oh, no, no, no. Uh, in regards to to the market, what markets are you focusing on right now? I mean, I know and you mentioned it was around military bases, uh, but what are those, those cities or those markets that you're focusing on?
0: Yeah, I'd say the most active ones for us now, um, which is Colleen, Texas, is I think where we've done the most deals, which is Fort Hood. It's like an hour outside of Austin. Um, and, and there's actually a lot of wholesalers there, new Westerns there, it's it's like, it's busy. Um, and Clarksville, Tennessee is a good market for us, Fayetteville, North Carolina, another military base town. We're in Columbus, Georgia, which is Fort Benning. Um, we, uh, we're now in Cape Coral, uh, Florida, which is like, not just, there's like Naval bases and stuff there, but that's more of like a, there's also like an Airbnb market there and there's other stuff going on. We're in San Antonio. There's actually four bases in San Antonio. Um, and uh, we just went into Pensacola, like I said. Um, so there's more. Actually, we're in Fort Sill, lot you know, which is Lawton, Oklahoma. Um, but I guess what I'm trying to communicate is we started in military bases because we thought of ourselves as, oh, we're wheeling and ding- dealing single family rentals, and military bases just have a ton of them because the the people that work there are just transient by nature. They deploy, they move, they're on orders. They get told they're moving to Germany on you know in a couple months' notice, like so. That type of job just creates an economy where there's tons of rentals. So we're like, oh, okay. there's a lot of investors there. Let's let's go do it. Um, but now we're getting to the point where um, we want to start testing ourselves more in markets that are not just dominated by the military. Um, so we're going to start testing that out and see, you know, how how good we are. You know, like how good is our marketing? Is it is it on par with the people that are? dominating Phoenix, you know, and the other more active markets and we'll see what happens.
2: Cool. And, uh, in regards to your team, because you have a team, right? Obviously besides the, uh, the VAs and all that stuff, how mm-hmm. are you, how are you guys structured? Who does what, who takes care of what in the team?
0: Yeah. So, um, right now, uh, our head of, um, I think we're going to call him chief revenue officer is actually my partner, John Plumstead. And he, he's kind of like the brainchild in our company for, um, Like, how do we find the deals? That's like, he just loves finding deals. So he's like, when we started the company, he was like, guys, like, this is what I want to do. Like, let me do this. We're like, yeah, sure, man. Like, you're passionate about it. And he's good at it, right? I think he's really good at finding deals. I've been managing contract to close um, after we kind of reshuffled the org recently. So it's like, once it's under contract, like, what are we doing? Um, I also raise all the money for the business. Like I mentioned before, we, we also buy houses and do some flips on our own. So I manage all the private money raising and the actual assets under management part of our business. Um but I'd say between us it's pretty flat. You know what I mean? Like but like I am on the CEO on paper but I'd say like we are very much like 50-50 partners at this point. Um and it's cool cuz we're uh, we go back. Like we were teammates on the army football team 10 years ago. We played the same position. So like we I've known him for a long time. Yeah. Uh, so if it if it wasn't even we're too competitive with each other. It would it would it would become ugly. Like we we I don't know we'd have to wrestle or something if if one was <laughs> trying to, tried to like take control of the situation. Totally. Yeah.
1: yeah. So let me ask you this: You're, you know, you're doing wholesaling. You love it. Why stay in residential and not scale up to uh, apartment buildings? Because we've we've interacted with tons of wholesalers in that niche, mm-hmm. and there is a niche for it. There's a space between on the market but usually under 50 units so have you thought about it or or why not
0: yeah we've had people say oh you have this big investor list like why wouldn't you be interested in syndicating or doing this or you know other revenue streams that we can create or other products and i think maybe in the down the road we will but i think we're just young you know like we're only six or six seven months old yeah so it's it's like we have all this positive momentum but we're not I wouldn't call us like experts or like the future is completely certain, you know, like we're mm-hmm. constantly reinvesting and improving our company through training, education. Like we paid for John Martinez's sales training for everyone in our company. Like we're constantly doing that stuff. So it just feels too early for us to kind of uh, ig- ignore or take focus away from the core process and the core product. Uh, so maybe in the future we will, but right now, like, I'm focused on getting as good as we possibly can on dealing in the single family space and getting our team as good as we can be at that. And then I think more opportunities will grow once we've really established ourselves in that space, or at least that's what I'm thinking. Um, yeah. and I feel like if I introduce multifamily, then our acquisitions team and our managers, Carlo and Adam, they're awesome guys. Then they're gonna have to learn how to price multifamily. You know, Okay, what messaging works for multifamily investor? um, Blah blah blah, Um, and then the business reason I'll give is in single family. I think there's a little bit more inefficiency in price, meaning you're just dealing with out of state landlords, homeowners, this, that, and the other. And there's more opportunity, I think, to get a bigger spread on just simply the purchase price. Most multifamily operators, even if it's underperforming, right? Maybe it's a, not doing that well. Maybe it should be. It could be a cap, and it's like operating at five, right? Like. That person is usually still an investor. You know what I mean? So, there's, I think there's a little bit of um, price arbitrage that you yeah. can take advantage of in the single family space. Where in the multifamily space, it's like in this market, it's a five cap, and then you have to pay this price and improve it, and blah, blah. I don't know. So, I like that. I think our negotiation is a strength of ours. And I think in the single family space, you can really take advantage of that.
1: No, I see where you're going with that. There, there is a sophistication to the multifamily investor. Yeah, it'll be harder to negotiate. <laughs> it definitely yeah, guess, is. You know,
0: the definitely. you know, it is. Like you can probably get lucky once in a while and hit home runs, but you know, I think yeah. in that space you're hitting singles and doubles. No, and I and, and that's
2: important that you focus in on your niche and, and you're not going chasing, you know, the the
1: the, the
2: shiny object. The shiny objects everywhere. Like, oh, I heard about multifamily go out there. So that that's very important. And you guys are I mean, if you guys are good at it and you go you, you have a good uh um deal flow that's that's very important so yeah, stick with it and like i said um the uh, the systems that you guys have is is was helping you guys out you know create the business and and flourish in i mean six months right you're six months old that's pretty yeah
0: important. yeah i guess seven now but yeah seven
2: yeah months. that's pretty cool man Yeah, that's
1: awesome so let me ask you about your you know exit strategy so you have investors right mm-hmm. how are you finding your investors to offload the the properties, right?
0: Yeah, it's it's very similar now to how we actually find sellers. We we've evolved into using essentially the same marketing tools. Um, so just how we pay for lists for sellers, you know, out of state owners get a list of a thousand people, we reach out to them via text, ringless voicemail, cold calling. We've kind of like evolved to the same thing with cash buyers. We pull lists of cash buyers, how many it per market how many deals has this buyer done from a cash purchase perspective in the last five years? We'll pull that up. We'll sort the list. Uh, we'll skip trace them, which is um, essentially means we're pulling their phone numbers. So once you get their address and their contact info, then you upload it into Lead Sherpa and you're like, hey, and you get all their phone numbers or whatever, and their email. Um, and then we reach out to them directly. Um, but on the buyer side, there's, there's less people we re- re- reach out to. Like when we go to Pensacola, we might reach out to 20,000. Homeowners, we're not going to reach out to twenty thousand cash buyers. There's just not that many, right? So mm-hmm. it is. A, there's a little bit more relationship building and touch there, um, just based off of the person you're dealing with and the the volume of people you're dealing with, and um, and something we're working on is qualifying cash buyers. You know, there's there's a lot of people that want to own real estate, but they don't understand how a wholesale transaction works. Like it's a cash purchase most of the time in our yeah. in our business and coming up with a hundred thousand dollars is not that easy if you don't know how to do it or you're really wealthy, right? And in most cases, people are using hard money or private money to buy our deals. And we're learning that if you don't qualify people up front, it makes your process really difficult as you're trying to sell the home and your walkthroughs and just getting them to the finish line becomes really hard. Um, so we're, that's something, honestly, I'll admit we're improving, right? I think we've definitely had walkthroughs where we've come out of it and we're like, oh, we got a buyer, and then, you know, two days later, we're like, oh, <laughs> got to start over. <laughs> Too bad. We don't have anybody. Yeah.
1: yeah, I hear you. Can you hear? No.
2: Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> you mentioned that uh, uh, that you guys raise money, right? But you guys don't do syndication. Can you can you uh, dive into that as well?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So when we buy a property, um, our strategy is we want to buy homes that need $10,000 or less of rehab work, but we're winning on price, right? So something, let's say it's worth 150 grand, the house um, on the ARV or the resale value, and we get it under contract for a hundred needs 10 grand of work uh, work or less. We'll buy that, you know, I'll be like, okay, fine. Like we'll purchase that home instead of wholesaling it. Um, And then I'll raise the money for it. Um, So what we basically do is we'll put like a pitch deck together. Like, Hey, here's the overview of the deal. I have a list of private money lenders that I've developed relationships with over the last year or so. And I'll go to him. Let's say his name is John. I'm like, Hey, John, I got this deal. I want to raise a hundred grand for this deal. I'll cover the rehab. You just cover the purchase price. um, And I'll pay them a fixed rate of return on their money. And um, the way I structure my deals is I don't try to like nickel and dime them on interest rate. Honestly, like I kind of just keep a flat fee for everybody or a flat rate for everyone. I give them 9% um, on their money and I guarantee a minimum of three months interest for them of interest payments. So that way, because our rehabs are so light, if I close the deal in two months or less then he still gets that third month, right? That incentivizes them to kind of roll the money forward with us for another deal. So I can re-raise it later. Um, Cause our goal when we do flips is like, to get things done fast. Like we are not trying to be the company that has the most value or does a 50,000 or $80,000 rehab. Like we're just, I don't live where these homes are. So I admit we're not going to be the best at those deals, Mm -hmm. but sometimes we went on price so well that we're like, Hey, let's just buy it. Let's do it. Um, and that's like opportunistic of us. Some people have told us like, Hey, focus on what you're good at, focus on wholesaling, but sometimes like I guess we can't help ourselves. We're like, all right, let's just buy that one. <laughs> we'll yeah. try to get all the margin out of it, you know?
1: Yeah, no, that's really good. I'm, I'm intrigued, man. I'm intrigued on, on how you get your investors right and what the price point they are comfortable with with investing, right? Because that that is something that investors in the multifamily space, they want higher returns, right? So the fact that, these guys are comfortable with with nine, you know? Well, I mean, that's not, not bad, but yeah, I'm just curious. So are you, you know, cause you hit it up a little bit, but I still have a question about how do you, I'm trying to figure out the best way to say this. So you market towards cash buyers and then you tell them, what exactly do you tell them in that conversation to bring them in, right?
0: So, I mean, for buyers, like the initial contact we make with the cash buyer, let's say you were a cash buyer in uh, Killeen, Texas, we get your phone number through skip tracing, you might receive a text from Grayline or one of our employees saying, hey, check out this deal on 123 Main Street with the hyperlink. The hyperlink will take you to our website and you're like, oh, this home that's worth 100 grand is they're selling it for 70 and I already own 20 homes. I'll call this person back, you know, so then they yeah. might respond back, Hey, yeah, I, I'd like to talk to you. And then we're just from that point forward, we're straight into the, the sales process, you know, so we're trying to, we do outbound marketing, but our hope is, is that we're getting responses, right. And like, that's, that's making our disposition or our salesperson's job easier. Um, so some sometimes the deal sells itself you know, sometimes the deals are really good and you have an experienced investor that responds and they're just like, hey, like, let's do it. Um, Sometimes you do have to dig in a little bit and they'll ask questions like, how much is the rehab in this property? And you'll say, "Uh, we think it's $12,000 or whatever it is. And uh, they'll they'll come back and say, well, I can only pay $85,000 or whatever the number is for that property. And then we'll do a little bit back and forth. Sometimes if enough investors give us feedback that the deal needs to be priced differently, we'll go back and renegotiate with the seller, you know? It, sometimes we don't do it perfectly every time, but we get, you. Have, at the end of the day, you gotta service that client. That client is your cash buyer in the wholesaling game, right? And if you get feedback from 10 people that your price is off, your price is off, man, <laughs> you know? So yeah. you, you, you gotta fix that. Um, don't try to jam a square, square peg in a round hole, but uh, most of the times we reach out to someone, it's a text that we reach out with. They're either on our buyers list already and they tell a friend, you know? um, stuff like that. So it's a mix of networking and, um, outbound marketing for us.
1: Gotcha. And let's talk a a little bit about creative, uh, strategies. So I know you guys have experience with that and we've had several other people talk about that on our show, but how do you handle which ones are your, your strategies? Uh, yeah, let's dive into that a little bit.
0: Yeah. And, uh, so we, we've done a few of these, um, I wouldn't call us experts yet, but we, we do do it. Um, I'll give an example of a deal we did. Um, we, we like sub two, subject two, Subject two financing is essentially when you reach out to a seller, they tell you they're motivated, they wanna sell their house and you offer to take over their existing payments, right, their principal, interest, taxes, insurance. I'm gonna take them over. Um, this is good in situations where maybe um, the cash offer you're giving them is they're like, oh, I can't sell it to you at that price because I owe more than that cash price, right? So in those situations, we, we say, okay, let's do subject to. That way we don't have to give all the cash out of pocket. We can still get you the price that you want. And the way we position it is we can get you this price, but we're going to give you your equity over time or like whatever, like they'll eventually get to get um, their loan paid offer um, excuse me, I'm warped. That, that's my seller financing pitch. Go back. in subject two. you want to get someone that just wants to get off their payments or get out of their payments. Yeah. Um, so I'll give an example of a deal. We did a subject two deal in Fayetteville and the seller owed right around $85,000 on the house. Um, and they had a pretty high interest rate on the loan. Right. So, um, we do that, but we were like, let's do it anyway. So we took over their payments. The home was vacant. Tenant just moved out. When we do sub two, we like to lease option the home um, and a lease option on the exit strategy and the lease option side, we're looking for a tenant to move into the home and they come in and they start paying market rent, but they agree in two years or less in our contracts to purchase the home at a preset price, right? So we might have, the home subject to, we're taking over payments. We now owe $85,000. The tenant comes in, they're like, hey, I'm paying $1,100 a month. That's the market rent for this house. I'm going to give you a down payment. And in two years, I'm buying this house at $113,000, right? So, what this allows a wholesaler to do is instead of dealing with a cash buyer who needs to have margins to buy your deal, they need to get some of that margin, right? Because they're eventually going to either flip that home or try to use it as a rental and refinance out. So, they have to buy at a discount, right? To make their business run. In this case, I'm listing this on a website called tenant Turner and I'm selling to a retail buyer. Right. So I'm, al- I'm allowing myself to acquire the deal subject to low money in. I've almost no money in this deal. And then I'm selling retail price. Yeah. So, um, so we've done that a couple of times. Um, and I know I botched the explanation at the beginning, but
1: no, no, you're uh, good. Yeah. Let me, let me just simplify a little bit. So you're going in subject to you do a lease wrap, you rent to own essentially, right? And you rent
0: to own a year, two years? We do two years because I want to, most of the people that do rent to own or lease options, a lot of times their credit is maybe a little bit lower than what's required to do, to get a loan from a bank. If I do a one year, I feel like I'm not giving them enough time to pump it up and qualify. And I don't want to be the predatory uh, lease optioner, you know, like there's people out there that do do that. Yep. I, I could, now that I've done it, I can see how you could be predatory. Yeah. If your purchase price is too high, then they won't appraise properly. And then you take their down payment. Like, so, probably, yeah, yeah, man. So I was like, what's the estimate?" That's the list price, you know? And honestly, yeah. for that deal, we sold it at 113. The estimate went up to like 127, <laughs> like the next month. So like, I probably left money on the table, but I'm not right. in the business yeah. of taking people's money and them being up the river. Like we've said, like, yeah. that's not our business.
1: Yeah. there. I agree, man. There's people's models who are that right there. I mean, they'll, they'll get you into an agreement. They'll take your money. You can't make it. And now you're out of your money.
0: Yeah. So. Yeah. Cause they, they give a down payment and mm-hmm. you kind of look for like about 10% down on the lease options. Um, I took Blair Halver's training. That's what he says. Right. So I'm just going to learn from the best person and just do what he does. Um, he's kind of known as like a guru in the space. So that's what we did. Um, but I don't want to take that 10%, you know, and start the process over in two years. I want to sell the home. You know, I want yeah. this person to move into the home and live in the home and everything to work out in accordance with the contract, how it was written. Because um, I think as you build a business and scale, like you do enough shady transactions, it's going to catch up with you, you know? And it's like, why, why be an entrepreneur and do that anyway? You know, it's like,
1: yeah, yeah, I hear you. Yeah. You, I mean, reputation is everything, in real estate yeah. too. So I hear you.
2: Yeah. And, so I'm curious to know, and and you, you kind of went over it, and I like what you're saying, you know, about not being predatory and all that. Um, we've dealt, and not only that, but we did a little bit of wholesaling as well, my brother and I, and we we've dealt with that a lot of wholesalers um, that, uh, and I, I don't know. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. They don't have the experience. They're they're the the, the new guy. That's always, you know, they read uh, a book on wholesaling. Now they call they call themselves wholesalers, yeah. and they never leave. Uh, uh, like um, uh, meat on the bone you know for the investor yeah. how do you guys differentiate from from other wholesalers i mean put it out there so you get more clientele
0: and all that i mean i think our criterias kind of became if we wouldn't buy it you know we we don't we don't sell it you know i think we try to really embody that we've actually changed um, our acquisition strategy numerous times we started with our max offer price for a cash deal at 75. We bumped it down to 70% ARV. Um, we also, we used to be more in like the low income housing space, but we found it difficult to leave meat on the bone. Like you said, for homes underneath $75,000 ARV. And in our, in our markets, there's a ton of them, right? Like in all these military bases, there's always at least one or two subdivisions that have those homes. And we, we just recently were like, Hey, we're going to stop doing this, you know, because at the end of the day, your buyer tells you what the market value of those properties are, right? Mm-hmm. And if you start seeing yourself struggling to sell a certain type of deal, because you might not be having a deal, man. <laughs> like, mm-hmm. like don't don't blame the client, it's you, right? So yeah, I think you can't be perfect, right? Like if you're doing a lot of volume, you're not gonna bat a 100%, every single deal might not be perfect, but you have to be constantly reinforcing that client feedback loop, right? What is the client telling us every month? Okay, let's tweak our acquisition strategy based off of what they're saying, you know? Um, So I think that's what differentiates us is we've only existed seven months, but we're, we're tweaking this thing all the time. Like we are really working on this deal machine to, to get it as good as we can. And it might take two years, it might take three years, but whatever. But our attitude is we're just going to be tweaking it all the time until we get it right.
1: Awesome. No, that's great stuff, man. I appreciate you coming on this show and giving us a different perspective from what we usually get. um, I will say I, I have huge respect for wholesalers because I mean, wholesalers are grinders, man. You're out there creating systems and try to get things in. It's a lot of marketing. So that's why I was asking you a lot about your marketing stuff, because as a multifamily guy, you know, we're, we're heavy into marketing, but a lot of the other guys aren't. And I think it's because we, our roots, we we're, we're wholesaling. To be honest with you, yeah. So no, no, I I appreciate that, man. And you giving us our giving our audience some a different perspective. Uh, yeah, man. Could you tell, you know, wrap it up. Tell the audience, you know, where they can find you if they want to be investors and so forth.
0: Yeah, man. Um. So we have a Facebook page, Grayline Investments. Instagram, same name, Grayline Investments, or at Grayline Investments. Um, my name is Frank Scabattici. You can find me out there. My email is frank at graylineinvestments, G-R-A-Y. Um, and yeah, man, that's that's probably the best way to find me is one of those three things. And uh, graylineinvestments.com has all of our deals. Um, so you can list, look at all of our listings, um, check them out if you're interested. That website also allows you to be added to our cash buyers list. Okay,
1: sweet, Great. man. Thank you again, and thanks for coming out. Follow the listeners, leave us a five-star review, show us some love, and we're (laughs) out.